And now, a message from Pastor Josh Carmody. Uh, so this morning, uh, we're going to continue uh, through our book, Galatians. We've been studying uh, the book of Galatians since May. You guys know that? How many of you are like, yes, Josh, we are very familiar with the fact that we're going through the book of Galatians, and uh, some of you may not. So we're, we're going through this book that Paul wrote to the churches in Galatia, and our sermon series is entitled right now, Faith Alone. Everybody say, Faith Alone. And so Paul has been writing about the importance of faith, that it's our faith in Jesus Christ that saves us. Okay? It's our faith in Jesus Christ that saves us. Not our works, not the good we do, not anything that we can do. It is our faith in Christ alone that sets us free, that rescues us, that makes us righteous, that puts us in right standing with God. The only thing that can do that is us trusting and having faith in what Jesus Christ has already done for us. And what has Jesus Christ done for us? He came to this earth and he willingly laid his life down for you and for me. The one who knew no sin became sin. Jesus Christ, who never sinned, never made a mistake. That's crazy to think about. He became sin for us. He became all of those wrong things that we've ever thought or said or have done. He became those things. He took those things on him on the cross, and he died once for all of us so that we could be set free, so that we could be redeemed, so that we could be rescued and have a new life in Jesus Christ. Amen. And the only way that we can have that is by faith. And so we talked, been talking these last few weeks about this idea of faith alone. And last week we talked um, about the covenant that God made with Abraham many, 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 many years ago, years before even the law that Moses brought. And we talked about how that covenant and that promise that God made to Abraham that he would bless all the people in the world, all the people in the world would be blessed because of Abraham, because of his seed, who would ultimately be Jesus Christ. So all of us, we are blessed because of what Christ has done for us. And so we talked about that last week. And then I left you with a question. And that question was this. Well, if we have a promise from that God gave to Abraham all those years ago, and now we have Jesus Christ who, who loves us and set us free and died for us, then why exactly were the laws given? Like, what was the point? Because there was people in the churches of Galatia that were trying to still live by all those old laws. And saying that if you want to truly be saved, if you want Jesus to love you, if you want God to love you, and if you want him to, to forgive you and save you, then yes, you need to have faith in Jesus Christ. But you should also follow all these 613 rules and regulations and laws. That is a lot. That's too many. That's a lot of laws. And so Paul is saying, no, that is not necessary. So let's pick up in Galatians chapter 3 verses 19 through 25. Paul says this, why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. God gave his law through uh, the angels, through angels to Moses who was the mediator between God and the people. Now, a mediator is helpful if more than one party must reach an agreement. But God, who is one, did not use a mediator when he gave his promise to Abraham. 
Is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, we could be made right with God by obeying it. But the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. Before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now that way of faith has come. We no longer need the law as our guardian. So today the, the title of my message is The Way of Faith. In that scripture, the last one we read, it says, And now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian. All right, so this scripture tells us and answers this question, why was the law given? Why was the law given? Why were all of those rules, all of those regulations, why were they given? And one of the very first reasons that Paul gives us in these scriptures is that the, the law was given to show people their sin. The law was given to show people what was right and what was wrong. The Israelites, though they were chosen to be God's people, they were sinners. They made mistakes. They messed up. But they didn't know they were mistakes. And so they had to place some laws and put some things. They didn't realize that having a relationship, a sexual relationship with a brother or your sister or your mom or your dad was wrong. So they went ahead and put a law in there that said you shouldn't have sex with your brother or sister or your mom or dad. Now this seems like common sense. But the Israelites were sinners. And so they needed some laws to guide them. And not only that, but if there was these things that they had done wrong, that there were, then there was ways that they had to be purified and ask for forgiveness and more laws and more regulations. So these laws showed the Israelites, the nation of Israel, that they were sinners. The law was given to convince them of their sin. Have you ever met, maybe you were this person, or maybe you've met someone like this, that the, you, you spend some time with them, or maybe you know, you're talking with someone, and all of a sudden they do some things and it's like I don't know if you should be doing that anybody know what I'm talking about and 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 you let them know you're like you know I don't know if I don't know I'm not saying you shouldn't do that but it might not be in your best interest to do that and they're like really I, I thought you were supposed to do that I thought it was just normal to act this way I thought it was normal to to do these things and it's like well maybe by the world standards this is normal. you know but how many of us how many different times we don't know something is sin we don't necessarily know it until it's pointed out to us. Until it's told to us that, hey, uh, maybe you shouldn't do that. Well, in the Old Testament, the laws told them that. Now we have the Holy Spirit who convicts us. Right. We have the Holy Spirit who shows us what is right and what is wrong. But back then, they didn't have that. So they had laws to tell them when they were messing up. Like, hey, you shouldn't have stole that. You got to give it back. Oh, okay, I didn't know stealing was bad. I didn't even know it was a thing. I just, they had it, I wanted, I took it. What's the problem, right? So they had to have regulations and rules. And we probably have maybe thought that. It's like, hey, I had to, maybe you, you've been in here and you're before you came to know Christ, you had to steal to, to live, to eat. I don't know. But then all of a sudden you realize, you know what? Stealing's bad. 
Like, I could go to jail if I steal. Like, they could put me away because stealing is wrong. It's bad. Right? So look at what Romans 3.20 says. It says, No one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. That's what the law does. It simply shows us how sinful we are. Cool. The law was intended to help the Israelites think before they act. There's all these rules. There's all these regulations. And if you break them, you got to, you know, kill this animal or take it to the priest. And you got to be unclean for this many days. And you got to, I mean, there's so much. If you go back through and read, so there's just so much. And so the law, what did the law do? The law showed them of their sins, showed them how sinful they are, intended to help them think before they act. How many of you could use a little thinking before acting? All right, I can use some thinking before I act. I've noticed that if I just react to things, that it normally does not go well for me. But if I think before I act, life's a lot easier. Like us, they were naturally inclined to just do whatever they wanted to do. And so these laws were put into place to show people how sinful they are. What's a modern day example of this? Oh, I don't know. Why do you think they put the speed limit sign every few hundred feet? They want to remind us about how sinful we are. <laughs> okay, me. They want to remind me of how sinful I am. Right? You're driving. And you feel like you're doing just fine. Life is good. You see a speed limit sign and you check and you're like, oops. Right? Or you see the cop and then you, your heart, you know, it's, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about. And it's like, eee. like, why do we get like that? Because we know we're doing something wrong. Right? That's why those signs are posted. And there's so many signs in this world. But that's how we know. And that's what the law did. It said, here's how you know what is right and what is wrong. Let me just tell you. So that's one of the reasons the law was given. The law was given as well. Um, it was given until the seed would come that had been promised to Abraham, and that is Jesus Christ. So here's the thing. The law was designed to last until Jesus came to the earth. That's it. The law was designed to last. It was just kind of there. It was to show people what was right and what was wrong until Jesus Christ came to this earth. Because then Jesus exemplified it of how we should live, didn't he? And he said, listen, instead of all those laws and regulations and like sacrifices and all that stuff, instead of all of that, why don't you just do two things? Well, I like Jesus. He simplifies things. He says, do two things. Love God with all your heart, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Woohoo! Thank you, Jesus. He took all of those and simplified it into that. That's a good thing. I mean, that's what he did for us. And so the law was given until Jesus Christ came to this earth. Look at Hebrews 8. It says, If the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no need for a second covenant to replace it. But when God found fault with the people, he said, The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. And so that scripture, if the first covenant had been faultless, there would be no need for a second one to replace it. So obviously that first covenant, there were some problems with the law. People were not living up to it. So another one came. 
And that would be Jesus Christ. Listen, the law was not intended to discover another way of justification. Different from that revealed by the promise to Abraham. But it was only to lead men to see their need for a savior. Men and women, you and I. The law was not designed to justify us or to make us right with God. The only thing that can do that is Jesus Christ. The only one who can justify us, the only one who can free us of our sin is Jesus Christ. The law couldn't do that. The law can't do it. It could only point out our sin and show us what we needed to do to get better. But what does Jesus Christ do? He forgives us. He frees us. He sets us free. He takes that sin from us. We talked about this last week, and this scripture mentions it again, about how the law was given by angels through a mediator, Moses, right? Look at Exodus chapter 3. It says, One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian, and the Uh, He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. And Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. Then in Exodus chapter 20, it's just a very little bit. It says, Then God gave the people all these instructions. And he goes on to talk about the Ten Commandments and the laws and all of this stuff. And that, that word there, that, that word God, then God, it's the word Elohim, which means God, it means angel, it means the divine one. And so we see in these scriptures that, that when, the, when Paul says that the angel of God, whether it was God directly speaking or speaking through one of his messengers, he gave Moses the laws. He gave Moses the rules and the regulations and all of these things. But here's the thing. It was given to a very specific group of people at a very specific time, and it was given for very specific reasons. The churches in Galatia, and dare I say some of us today, still try to hold to that old covenant of following rules and regulations and not eating this and not doing that and making sure this happens. And, not, and I got to tell you that that stuff has all passed away. That was an old covenant made with Moses that God spoke to him and gave him these things, but it does not alter. I'm not going to go back and preach last week's message. You'll just have to listen to it. It does not alter the covenant that God made with Abraham all those years earlier that says that I'm going to bless you and that every person on this earth will be blessed because of you. These laws do not negate that. So the promise that was made to Abraham included all of us, the Gentiles as well as the Jews. And here's the thing, the law that was given to the Israelites as God's people, it was only given to them, separated from the rest of the world. It wasn't given to the rest of the people. It was given to that specific nation at that specific time. The law, however, the promise, however, was given by God himself. Moses was only a mediator between God and Abraham Therefore, the law that was given by him could not affect the promise made to us. So that promise that God had made to Abraham, it was not changed when the law came. That law was for a specific group of people at a specific time. The nation of Israel. You and I are not a part of the nation of Israel. You and I are what the Bible calls Gentiles. We are non-Jews. 
And our promise comes all the way back to where Abraham, where he said, all the people of the world will be blessed because of you, because of your faith. And that's where the justification by faith, not by works, not by laws, not by things we do or don't do, but having faith in Jesus Christ is what justifies us, is what sets us right with God. So the law was given to us to show what sin is. The law was given for a short amount of time to a specific group of people until Jesus Christ arrived. And the law was also given to convince us that we need a Savior. How many of you are convinced that you need a Savior? Verse 22 says, The Scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. You and I, we were once prisoners of sin. Let me hear an amen. amen. We were once prisoners of sin. The scriptures declare that we were all prisoners of sin. So now we receive God's promise of freedom only. Everybody say only. 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 Everybody say only. 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 By believing in Jesus Christ. Here's the thing. The law discovered wounds. The law discovered sin. But they could not provide a remedy. The law discovered sin, it discovered wounds, but it could not provide a remedy. When you messed up under the old covenant, when you made a mistake, you'd take an animal and the priest would sacrifice it and you'd be forgiven for that moment until the next time you messed up. There was a lot of animal killing going on in the Old Testament. Priest was basically a butcher. I am so glad that I don't have to butcher anything. Except sometimes the words I say. But other than that, but that's what a priest would do. And they're, you know, throwing blood everywhere and cutting stuff and grilling stuff. I mean, it was just nonstop murder of animals. I mean, that was it. And it was, it was temporary. That's what you got to understand. There was the, 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 it exposed the wounds. It exposed the sin. But it could not provide a remedy. The law could not provide a remedy. The law showed guilt but could not provide everlasting healing. The law required sacrifices and purifications, but these were insufficient to take away our sin. They were insufficient to take away our sin. But there was one who died, whose sacrifice was sufficient to take away our sins. Whose sacrifice healed us and cleansed us and set us free, not just for today, but eternally, forever. What the law could not do, Jesus Christ could do. What the law revealed to us but could not provide a remedy, Jesus Christ came and said, I know that you were sinners, but while you were still sinners, Christ dies for us. He died for us while we were still lost in sin. So he sees our sin and he provides a remedy. Look at John 3, 16 and 17. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone, everybody say everyone. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge 
the world, but to save the world through him. God sent his son into this world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. He didn't come to judge our sins. He didn't come to judge us as people. He came to take our sins, to place them on himself so that we could live a free life. Are we living that free life? Are we living that free life? I mean, think about the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us. I mean, there was nothing that could forgive us of our sins. There was nothing that we could do to be made right with God. There was nothing that we could do to close that gap, that broken relationship between God the Father and us, His creation. I mean, there was nothing we can do. We would be doomed to a life of sin and ultimately death and eternal separation from God. Why? The wages of sin is death. That was our future. That was our hope. Death. It's not very exciting. We got a gift from God. It was eternal life through who? Jesus Christ. We've been given a gift. How many times have we squandered that? Do we live as free people? Do we live as free people or do we just get through life? Or are we just here? Listen, Jesus Christ loves you. That didn't resonate. Jesus Christ loves you. He loves you so much that he died on a cross for you. He loves you. He has a plan for you. He's given you your identity. Listen, I might be a pastor and standing up here and talking to you, but that's not who I am. I am a child of God. Who are you? What has God called you to do? Are you living your life in freedom or are you just getting by? Because I know that Jesus Christ came to set us free. Are we going to have problems in this world? You bet. Are we going to have trouble? Oh, no doubt. Is it going to be tough sometimes? Yeah, but be of good cheer. John 16, 33, Jesus Christ has overcome the world. He's overcome it. All of it. All, all of it. I mean, there is nothing that we go through that we go through by ourselves. You didn't hear me. There is nothing that we go through where we have to go through it by ourselves. Because Jesus never leaves us and he never forsakes us. He never turns his back on us. Everybody else in this world might turn their back. Everyone else in this world might run and flee and say, I'm done with you. But listen, Jesus Christ loves you. I'm going to preach myself happy. Jesus Christ loves me. I mean, think about it. You don't need approval from anybody else. You've already got all the approval you need. You have been set free. Jesus loves you. 
I mean, we've been singing it since, like, we could talk. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. But do we know it? Jesus loves you. What's that word love? You keep saying it. Like, yeah, I love coffee. No, you don't. What's this word love? It's this agape love, an unconditional love, a love that says, I value you more than I value myself. And that's exactly what Jesus did. That's exactly what he said when he said, I value you, I value you so much that I'm going to lay down my life so that you can have one. I'm going to become sin so that you can be set free. Does that not excite us? I mean, does that not say that when we leave this place today that, hey, I'm a free person. I am a, I am a new creation in Christ. That should excite us. That should change the way we drive. <laughs> that should change the way. That should change the way I drive. That should change the way we interact with our neighbors. It should change the things that come out of our mouth. It should change the way that we act and our attitudes. Not because of a rule or a regulation, but because we are so excited and pumped about the fact that Jesus Christ has set us free. We don't have to worry about following a rule because we were people who were need in need of a Savior. We are, once we are convinced of our guilt and the insufficiency of the law or our works to make us righteous, we put our faith in Christ and receive his freedom. Amen. I want to tell you something. We're set free for ourselves. I get that. We come to know Jesus Christ so that we can get out of the hot seat, <laughs> so that our relationship can be restored with God the Father. But then you and I, we should be on mission to let our lives tell everyone Amen. about the good news of Jesus Christ. Right. That faith alone, faith alone is what has saved us. And that coworker, that neighbor, that family member who is struggling, I want you to know they need Jesus too. Because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody has been a prisoner of sin. And all we simply have to do is accept Jesus Christ. Believe in Him and we'll be saved. And you and I, we got to go out and we got to tell the world. You don't believe me. We got to go out and tell the world. When you're driving the speed limit and your friend says, why are you driving the speed limit? Say, you know what? I drive the speed limit because I want to obey the laws that have been given us. I want to use my freedom not to break the rules, but to drive the speed limit. Well, why are you doing that? Well, I don't know. I'm just following Jesus. That's a good segue. Whatever it is. Maybe there's someone at work hurting. There's someone crying. Man, that's a perfect opportunity. Hey, what's going on? I got a shoulder. You can cry on it if you'd like. Whatever. Talk to them. Say, hey, and this is stepping out. I get it. Hey, can I pray for you? Most people are going to say sure. Every now and again, you'll get that one that's like, no. But for the most part, right. if something's going on, do not be afraid. 
hey, can I pray for you? I just want you to know Jesus loves you. Can I pray for you? I don't know, Josh. That's kind of weird. I don't know. I think that's what we're supposed to do. Have we been set free? Do we want our family, do we want our friends, do we want our neighbors to be set free? We've got to start telling them about Jesus Christ. So the law was given to convince us that we need a Savior. And finally, the law was designed as a guardian. The law acted as a guardian for the nation of Israel. The law would instruct and govern their actions. The law was in place to protect the nation of Israel from outside influences. The law protected the nation of Israel. Verse 25 says this, And now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian. We no longer need the law as our guardian. We don't need the law to protect us. Why? Because the way of faith has come. Because Jesus Christ has come. We don't have to have a set of laws that define us as a nation. We don't have to have these laws that define us as these people because God has sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. And now we are placed back under the protection of our heavenly Father. Our relationship has been restored. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew 5. He says, Don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. Jesus didn't come to destroy all that, to say none of that matters and it's all whatever. He said, No, I came to fulfill, to accomplish their purpose. Well, what was their purpose? It was to show them their sin and it was to protect them, to act as a guardian. And guess what? Jesus does all of those things for us. He does all of those things for us. His Spirit shows us. We know when we make mistakes. We know when we did something wrong because the Holy Spirit convicts us and says, hey, you should go apologize. Or hey, you need to repent about that. Or hey, you know when you did that? You know that was a bad choice. Sometimes that comes in the way of the Holy Spirit and we get a check. Sometimes it sounds like your spouse. Sometimes it sounds like a police officer. I don't know. Holy Spirit works in many different ways. <laughs> right? Even your kids. So the law was designed as a guardian, but Jesus Christ came to accomplish the purpose of the law. So now we have a Savior. The law couldn't save us, but Jesus did. And the old law isn't destroyed, but fulfilled. We no longer need rules to protect us because now we have a loving Savior. Listen, a loving Savior is a whole lot better than trying to live by all those rules. And that's what Paul was telling the churches in Galatia. Stop trying to do all of those things and simply have faith in Jesus Christ, the one that loves you and has set you free, that has a plan and a purpose for your life. Follow him. He will protect you. He will guide you. He will show you what is right and what is wrong. Follow Jesus. Live your life for him. Be a fanatical. Be a Jesus freak. Let everybody that you know know that Jesus Christ arrested your heart, has taken over your life. And that all the good that is in you is because of what Christ has done for you. The law served a purpose. 
But it was never meant to be the ultimate master. Jesus Christ is our Savior. He is our Master, and He has shown us the way of faith. Amen? For more information on New Covenant, contact us at 3318 Fifth Avenue South, Fort Dodge, Iowa, 50501. Or you can call us at 515-955-6222.